The Pistons made a new hire in their front office. The NBA is resuming play in a bubble-like atmosphere in Orlando. And we'll talk about what was missing in the latest Star Wars trilogy involving the main villain. All of that is coming up on this episode of the Beards for Radio podcast. Beards for Radio. Hey guys, welcome to a, another long-awaited episode of Beards for Radio. Back from the quarantine, quarantine, stay at home, stay healthy, executive order. But um, everything's starting to get on track again. And Mom, Sasha, I'm Joe, and uh, it's hard to record these episodes with these masks on, man. <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> you can you can take them off, dude. You know, you know, long long as you're social distancing, you're good, man. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, good news on the Detroit uh, sports front. I know there really, ha- really hasn't been anything, you know, really to talk about. And then their two-year long-awaited GM, Troy Weaver from OKC, to kind of take over, you know, the de facto position that Ed Stefanski has been in. Ed Stefanski is still going to stay on as the senior advisor for the team. But we got this um, – This I think he's an underrated GM, to be honest with you, you know? I, th- I think I mean, so. I was, I was saying to some people, Oklahoma City, like, they've only made the finals once, but he, he's been there for 12 years, and they've always just had an impressive layout of their roster, and it seems like they've always been in the conversation, even in years when they weren't supposed to be. So I think this is low-key a, a really nice move. Right. And like, you know, he came in and, you know, he quote, he he came in and said, it's an honor for me to join a franchise with the history and tradition of the Detroit Pistons, which I love. I love when people bring them, you know, tradition and history of the Pistons because they truly are. He said, I'm excited for the challenge of building this team into a consistent winner and assembling the pieces to compete at a very high level. We'll get to work right away, evaluating, evaluating opportunities, installing systems that will make us successful. And, you know, if you look at his background, you know, the reason why that kind of sticks out to me is that, you know, he it, when he first started off, he was a football player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, he played football his whole life. He was uh, assistant coach at Pitt. He was assistant coach at uh, New Mexico until, you know, uh, uh, Bayheim hired him in Syracuse uh, d- during the mellow year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But re- really, what really gets me about him is that his position in football was a quarterback and he has a quote that he says, you know, when I was, you know, young, you know, you know, black quarterbacks were kind of rare growing up, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, but I love the position because I love to command the field. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing that from him because that's the way, you know, to me, his resume has kind of, you know, resonated off of his quarterback football mentality. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, you know, everybody knows the, the the quarterback is that guy in the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the quarterback it takes quarterbacks right, it be takes able to like person. find the open guy. And that's what stuck out to me about just looking at his resume is he has an eye for spotting talent, which is right key for the Pistons because they'll likely have a top five pick in the upcoming draft. And it seems like there are gonna be limited resources for looking at prospects this year due to the coronavirus and all of the precautions that everyone is taking 
Um, but yeah, he he was in Oklahoma City for a long time slash Seattle. He was still they were still the Sonics when he got there, right? And just look at some of the moves that were made. You know, he drafted Westbrook fourth overall in '08. In that same draft, they got Sergi Baca at the end of the first mm-hmm. round. Uh, the very next year, drafted James Harden third overall. Uh, they drafted the Pistons boy Reggie Jackson in 2011. Um, and, yeah, in 2010, they they got Eric Bledsoe too, and Eric yeah. Bledsoe is one damn good point guard. You know what I'm saying? I think he's like an underrated point guard, middle of the road, maybe to you know top, but he was a that's a damn good pick, man. Yeah, you talk about you know Stephen Adams in 2013. I don't think he was talked about as much. Um, and look at some of the trades that were pulled off, uh, getting two firsts and a second in exchange for James Harden to send him to the Rockets. Uh, you talk about acquiring Paul George for Victor Oladipo and uh, Sabonis and even getting Oladipo in the first place. I believe they didn't give up too much to get Oladipo from Orlando. And now look at how Oladipo is performing. And, um, you know, they brought on Melo for one year and they turned that into getting Dennis Schroeder. And, um, right. you know, they pulled off a, a trade for Paul George. Um, and, and they turned the Paul George trade into getting – Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, five first round picks, and Chris Paul. And they've been much better than expected they, than they were supposed to be this year. They're actually one of the teams that were invited to Orlando, which, if you told me they would be there at the end of the year, you know, at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have believed it, frankly. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And like, and the crazy thing is, is that before, um, you know, the NBA season got halted and everything, OKC was running with a uh, with a three point guard front. They're running with Schroeder, uh, CP3, and Gildas Alexander, and they were doing pretty damn good. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like what, what kills me, what, what gets me too is that he's doing this in OKC. He's doing this in a small market. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like, imagine him having the resources to come to a, a, a bigger market like Detroit. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, like if he can do that much with a small market, you know, come and come over here, you know, like I got to look at it like sky's the limit at this point. Right. You know Detroit saying? Detroit might not be Los Angeles or New York or Miami, but in terms of just market value, it's a big step up from Oklahoma city. Right. And like everything he's done since he's came in the league, you know, he started off with Utah in 04. He was uh, their head scout. He got Chris Humphreys. His 04, they drafted Chris Humphreys first, which is, you know, Chris Humphreys, Chris Humphreys, whatever. Yeah. You know, then he got Deron Williams. Okay. Right. And then he got Ronnie Benson or Ronnie, Ronnie Brown. Right. And they were like, okay, whatever. But he got Paul Millsap second round, 47th pick. That's a gem. Paul Millsap yeah. was, is, is a good player. He's, he's a starter on the Nuggets. You know, uh, he's a good one of those like hybrid smaller power forwards that you see nowadays, the PJ Tucker's, you know, Paul, uh, you know, uh, Paul Millsap. And then he ended it with drafting uh, uh, Maurice Allman from Rice. But then the next year, you're right. He goes, he goes, oh, wait, Russell, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, 09 Harden, 10 uh, Drew Bledsoe, 11 Reggie Jackson, 12, you know, they get Perry Jones, but they re-sign Ibaka, which is huge that year. Then you get yeah. Steven Adams, and then you get Cameron Payne two years later. It's like he's has a, a phenomenal to me a damn phenomenal uh, uh, draft record. So yeah, and I'm um, very good high hopes, man. 
Enos Cantor, he brought Cantor to Oklahoma City as well. Right. Yeah, yeah that's so, true. So, so yeah, you're right. I, looking at his past drafts, I wonder if this tips the cap a little bit. Maybe the Pistons will be looking at a, a guard, maybe like a point guard or shooting guard in this upcoming draft. Cause LaMelo Ball. Maybe LaMelo Ball. He's got some size. He's got some range. Um, hey, man. Maybe. I'll tell you what, side note on LaMelo Ball, I wasn't the biggest fan. Kind of had like the like the uh like the Cassius Winston, you know, uh, uh you know, first impression on me. Mm-hmm. But dude, that kid has gotten better and better and better and better and better and proved me wrong, which I love. I love being proved wrong. Yeah, and he's he's grown into like his size is now like what you want. I believe he's like six five. He's between like six five and six seven now. And he has been playing professionally overseas and has matured a little bit. You know, you used to see the clips of him in high school just pulling up from half court. And it's like, even if you make that, you know, (laughs) you're not a huge fan of somebody pulling up from half court like that. Um, Exactly. You know, but, you know, the Pistons, they've got some good size on their roster. We talk about Seku, uh, Christian Wood, um, Thon Maker, if he's going to be sticking around, obviously Blake Griffin, uh, but his future's uncertain with him. The thing that's been really been missing is shooting and good guard play. I mean, the best guard for the Pistons the last five years has probably been like Langston Galloway, right? You know, like that's that's just not going <laughs> to cut it. No offense to Galloway, but right, you know, I, I would love and to shoot. see them go guard, like you, like you mentioned, the Lomelo Ball, maybe Anthony Edwards is if he's there. I think that would be a great Anthony Edwards would be a good one as well. Right, right. Anthony Edwards would be a good one as well. You know, he, he comes from good NBA stock, dude. So, I mean, that, that would be a good pickup. But um, at this point, though, I am very – I'm at ease at knowing that this guy is – with his track record and his picks, that he's going to pick the right guy for us. Yeah. You know, and, and – Go ahead, go ahead. And, uh, and having someone like Dwayne Casey, who to me is one of the, the, the classiest NBA coaches – out right now i love him i love his you know the way he approaches everything yeah those two guys they're gonna get together they're not gonna butt heads they're gonna try to do this thing for real and and and, um, i'm excited i'm at ease i really am they've both been part of taking uh cultures that were losing cultures and sticking around for the rebuild obviously with you know getting durant and westbrook early on in seattle and oklahoma city that jump starts it a little bit for um for um Weaver, uh, but you talk about right. Casey, you know, he built up the the Raptors organization to what they are now. It just took a little right. bit of moving around to get, you know, Kawhi Leonard and get Nick Nurse, who might be the best coach in the NBA, honestly, uh, with the, the plays he draws up. But I agree. And I think it's important to note that it's two African-American people in positions of power in the GM and the head coach. I think that's important for today's game and you look at you know today's society the dolphins have the same thing going on too uh with brian flores and um i'm drawing a blank on his name but their gm uh chris greer um i think i think that there's something to be said for that for sure yeah most definitely and not only are they the uh to me right now he's the best gm for the job you're right he's an african-american male and you know, you know that's something that you're right you don't see in in in, in in GM offices, you know, is it, is it because of, you know, biases or like, you know, like the, right. like the old funny daddy way of thinking we, we don't know. But I'm, glad, I'm, glad, ninth, I'm glad to see it. The ninth right. uh, African-American GM in, in the NBA. 
I don't know how many are paired with African American head coaches, but I think I think that's something that's worth pointing out. And um, I've been listening to a little bit of uh, the Detroit radio today. They haven't been talking about it as much as I would like. Like I th- I thought they might be landing Weaver for a while, and when I saw that it was official today, I was really excited. Was hoping for a lot of talk about it, but I haven't heard a, a lot. Um, it doesn't. It, this is a really exciting move. It doesn't quite warrant the reaction that Steve Eiserman got because, you know, Steve Eiserman has that hometown backstory of leading the Red Wings to three cups as the captain. He was the man in charge of the, the Tampa Bay lightning and built them up to be consistent Stanley cup contenders. So it's right. a little bit different getting Weaver who was um, working in the personnel department and w- in the front office, but from the story as I've seen, he Weaver has played a big part in, in a lot of the key moves that have kept Oklahoma City relevant. Right. Everywhere he's gone, from Syracuse to Utah, um, you know, to, to OKC, he's he's you're right, he's made moves and he's he's been a player in those moves. So, you know, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think I think also why he kind of slides under the radar and doesn't bring as much attention to Stevie Y is because go on go go on go on Google, go on DuckDuckGo, whatever you want to go on, look up Stevie Y. You get to see you get to see background stories, stats, everything about this guy. You look up Troy Weaver, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he's he is very under the radar. I think I think this guy is a no nonsense guy. He gets he gets and, and this is all speculation. This is all speculation because what I've tried to find on him on the internet, and it's just not really there. He's low key. He probably sticks to his guns. He probably is no nonsense. He wants to get the job done. I'm there for a reason. I'm, I'm getting paid for this, and this is what I'm here for. And you know what? Maybe we need that in Detroit right now. Yeah. And we need some no nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Because for the past what how how many years we've had Andre Drummond, you know, in in Goris's ear telling him what to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's just not going to work that way. So right. I, I really I really do like this move, man. I, it, I really do like these two guys. It suits the Pistons to get somebody with that workman mentality because in the whole history of the NBA Finals, only three teams that won the, the NBA Finals did not have a player on their roster who at one point won the league MVP. And those three teams – were the 1989 Pistons, the 1990 Pistons, and the 2004 Pistons. That's right, baby. We're a blue-collar town, man. We, it's no nonsense. It's like we go to work, we put our hands in the dirt, and that's how we do it, man. We're not going to go get, you know, petties and manies before our games like the West Coasters do. We're a Midwest town, man. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tighten our work belts. We're going to tighten our blue shirts. We're going to pop our collars. We're going to go to work. That's what we do. That's why we were the going to work Pistons. That's why we were the bad boy Pistons, man. We always got something to prove in this town. And, you know, I, I, I like a mentality like that. I really yeah. do think this guy's like that. You know what I'm saying? He just he, – he stays away from the bullshit, and he, he needs to get done what he needs to get done. No bullshit. No questions asked. That's – that's the feeling I get from trying to research this man. Yeah. He's definitely got his work cut out for him. There are a few diamonds on this roster, but uh, definitely, <laughs> hey, you lying. definitely some work to be done. Um, but I think he's got a little bit of a structure. Like I said, we need some shooting. I would love uh, a, a nice guard in this draft. Um, if you take a chance and think he might fall to the second round, I would love to see my boy Cassius Winston in 
in the red and blue, but uh, I, I have a feeling Cash is going to be taken late in the first round. He might not fall to the second, but uh, you know that would get me in the seats if they if they brought my boy Winston in. Right. Hey, speaking of seats, man, we don't even know. How does NBA season or even next year's NBA season is gonna go, man? Is it gonna be in a bubble? Is it <laughs> yeah. not? Are, 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 are we gonna are, are we gonna see our Pistons play? You know what I'm saying? He has such a long time to recruit. You know what I'm saying? In in essence, the NBA, uh, if this whole pandemic didn't happen, the NBA would be over. You know what I'm saying? So it would kind of fit right right around the time he should be coming in and you know making his moves. But now that he gets to sit back. The Pistons aren't really in contention for nothing, you know. what I'm saying, obviously, he can probably he can probably take, you know, a, a, a different approach to it as well, man. So like, right, it's gonna be it's gonna be open, man. You know, it's gonna be wide open. He's gonna have time to look at these teams, you know, see what needs to be assessed. You know, you're gonna see what your opponents are up to. See how the see how the NBA playoffs is going to go. It's probably going to be LeBron since he had two and a half months to rest. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, well, uh, yeah, man, I'm just well, was loving it, but I'm, but I'm nervous to see how the NBA continues forward, really. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, you, you mentioned the bubble. The NBA is sending 22 teams to Orlando for uh, kind of a shortened wrap-up to the season to determine the seeding and uh, who makes it. And it's going to be a neutral sites playoffs, which I think is an intriguing idea. No fans, um, all all on the same court. So here are the teams that have been sent uh, more from the West than the East, just because of uh, who was still in contention to make the playoffs in the West versus the East. Uh, the East teams in order of seed as it stands right now. You got the Milwaukee Bucks at number one. You got the Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. Indiana Pacers, 76ers, uh, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic rounding out eight, and then uh, the Wizards still in contention at the ninth spot right there. A few more teams in the West uh, going from top to bottom. You got the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns. And that uh, that rounds out the 22 teams in uh Orlando set to tip off, I believe, July 30th is the the goal start date. Yeah, I mean, uh, seeing that we haven't had sports in darn near four months, man, you know, <clears throat> I'm excited about this. I wish it would have happened a little sooner, but, you know, I'm happy for this. Seeing yeah. that baseball is having so much trouble getting, you know, anything together. You know, they just recently got something together. Baseball long has taken them. Baseball is blowing an opportunity to get people interested because if all the other sports start playing again and baseball then starts up, nobody's going to be watching baseball. Baseball had an opportunity to be the, the only option on the menu and they, they just messed it up. No. Yeah, I agree. 110% man. So it's like, you know, I think people are chomping at the bits to get something, you know what I'm saying? You know, I got, I got friends that are, are, are watching like uh, uh, ESPN classics, watching these nineties games, these early 2000 basketball games, doing. you know, everybody, everybody's been doing, they, they, they need, they need a taste, dude. It's like, everyone's fiending for a taste to the point where, you know, people are watching like, uh, NBA 2K basketball, you know, leagues going on. Like, I personally yeah. can't watch that because it's like I can't watch a 
somebody play a video game when I can play a video game. But, you know, like, people are chopping at the bits, man. They need sports in their life. They need a little bit of a normality back to, you know, somewhat, you know. But, yeah. hey. I'm 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 excited for for them to come back, man. Um, yeah. I don't know how it's gonna go. They're gonna have very strict, you know, regulations and what these guys can do. But I'm, you know, with yeah. this whole go ahead, go ahead. Uh, aside from the on the court games and the the on court action, I'm nervous to see how it's handled the first time you see a step back. You know, you see a player or a group of players contract coronavirus. How is that going to be handled? Like, would you put say you're in the finals and uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis and Caruso all come down with it for the Lakers and say, you know, Giannis and Middleton come down with it for the Bucks. Like, are you just going to put the series on hold while you quarantine those players or just going to let them play it out? Are you going to make the teams play without those players? You know, um, they're going to have some decisions to make on their hands. And I know they released like a, a hundred page, guideline for the players or like a, a rule book kind of for this situation, but right, there's right. a whole lot of yeah, variables not... on the table. Yeah. And I'm not, we're not going to sit here and like thumb through 113 pages of the no. NBA's, you know, coronavirus comeback, but yeah, I'm curious to see what like the main, you know, the main nuances are to what they need to be doing. You know what I'm saying? is like, do they come off the court right away and like get tested every time they're 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 subbed in and out? You know what I'm saying? Halftime, right. what's going on with halftime? You know their families are gonna want to be there. You know what I'm saying? What if, what um, if the referees I, I, all come down with it? Right. You know. Yeah. You, then you're gonna have you're gonna have you know your, your medical team. You're gonna have your strength right. and conditioning coaches. You know. You're gonna have all these guys, assistant coaches. How many assistant coaches out there? You know. There's there's a lot to think about. Not as bad as other sports, you know what I'm saying? Right. I think. I mean, bas- basketball is a contact sport, right? But I feel like basketball, if you put the whole t- totality into it, you know, the the gameplay, you know, the, uh, the 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 faculty, the family, I feel like it can be contained yeah. in in a small in in a regular size size venue. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But what gets gets me is that you know I've been you know Dr. Fauci came on. Fauci, Fauci or Fauci, whatever. And he says sports Thanks, need to be he said sports and he specifically talk about football. If they wants to go on, it needs to be contained in a bubble. My 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 whole thing is like how could I could understand that for basketball? Yeah. How could you do that for ba- for football? How could you do that for baseball? You know what I'm saying? How could you do that for hockey? It's like basketball, I can see basketball being contained in a bubble. Right. But you like, got how, like 13 players on a team and you know, a, a staff of coaches. Football each NFL team is, has up to 55 roster spots. Right. And not, not only that, think of all the coaches, all the personnel, you know, and then, and then you're going to have to have, uh, you know, the, uh, the TV crew there. So you probably thinking close to like two, 300 people per friggin' team. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how can that go down? Like, like, how can we get, like, if, if, if we got the number one, you know, epidemiologist in our country telling us that I don't think football can go on without a bubble. Like, wait, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how could that be possible? How's this going to work? Yeah. You know, and then like, and then, you know, this whole Disney bubble, <laughs> I find it hilarious because it's at the ESPN Wild World of Sports. So me, I'm thinking like, okay, 
what's in this wild world of sports? You know, how many basketball courts are there? Okay, there's six full-size basketball courts there, okay, which can be converted to 12 volleyball courts or two roller hockey rinks. Now I'm thinking, okay, well, then can, <laughs> they, can they play hockey there too? Can, can hockey be contained in a bubble? And then I'll go further. How many football fields are there? They have 17 fields that can be fitted for football fields. 17. Now, if you do every other field, that's nine fields that can be open per day. If you do seven yeah. games on Saturday, seven games on Sunday, one Thursday night game, one Monday night game, that's 16 games that can be played. Could you contain it hmm. in that Disney bubble? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> by having by having fields be the social distancing between games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, could it work? I don't know. I, I you know I don't get paid the big bucks, baby. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm just speculating. Like, can it be done? I mean, even in baseball, they have 16 baseball diamonds there. You know what I'm saying? Like, can they play it there too? Because with basketball, we've seen basketball tournaments take place like uh, in the Bahamas, right? Yeah. We, we can we can see all this taking place in Disney's bubble, but football and baseball, they move around venues quite often. You know what I'm saying? Will they be able to stay there and just play their games in the wild worlds of sport in ESPN? I don't know, man. Uh, but it's, it'd be intriguing to watch. Yeah, um, I did not know. Uh, <laughs> I knew the venue and the property was big. I didn't know quite how big it was. That's uh, <laughs> seventeen football fields. It's crazy. And, uh, right. of, I think this, the NBA shortened season and playoffs, or it's not really the shortened season. It's kind of like the wrap up to the season. I think it'll right. serve as a pretty solid test run slash sample size. Because from a number standpoint, if there's a, a sport that could pull it off, it would be basketball. You know, you talked about the numbers just based on the numbers of players and staff alone. Right. If there was a sport based off of like the style of play that could pull it off, I would think baseball, just because that's probably the least amount of contact that's made, you know, right. because right. you got the whole diamond. There's only up to four players on offense on the field at the same time the defense is spread out. If, if there are any like baseball purists listening, they're going to be mad at me for calling it offense and defense. I know there's like a official terms for them, but uh, right. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous. I just want to focus on like what might happen on, on the court. But I know as with, as with every NBA season, there's going to be just as much drama off the court as there is on, you know, it's just going to be for different reasons this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look what's going on with Kyrie Irving right now. He's oh, yeah. he's, he's sitting there poo-pooing uh their their 113 page return back to the NBA, but you're part of the players union. Why did you approve it in the first place? Why didn't you open your mouth in the first place when you guys were putting this down? Now all of a sudden, after you turn it in, after all this stuff goes down, now you got a problem with it? You should have had a problem with it then, man. Don't flake out now. Kyrie Irving is really starting to bug the crap out of me. He's starting to he's starting to be this elitist little NBA whining baby, you know what I'm saying? And just like I I hate players like that. Man. I absolutely hate players like that. I love that guy's game. I love Kyrie Irving, but I just can't stand when he acts like that. And, you know this whole flat Earth weirdo this. You know I just you're right, dude. Like the off the court antics are just going to be just as bad as the on the court antics, especially if they're in a bubble in Orlando for however long 
uh, period of time. You know what I'm saying? They're not right. going to go so, home and decompress and be living in a hotel, you know, the, uh, in the wild world of sports for how long? So the teams that get eliminated from before the playoffs and then in the playoffs, like, is there some sort of process for releasing them back out into the world or do they mm-hmm. have to stay in Catch the bubble for the rest? Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I'm with you. If they, if they lose, do they have to be on like a, okay, now the the 76ers, I don't know, 14, two-week uh, incubation period in the bubble of Disney. It's like, yeah, man, like, I I want to read the 113-page report, but I don't want to just, like, read all this, like, <laughs> like lawyer weird. rhetoric and these lawyer jargons, you know what I'm saying? Because it's, you, you know, it's, it's, it's all for protecting law, protecting money, lawsuits and everything. So it's like half the right. jargon we aren't going to know unless somebody, like, breaks it down in layman's what really is going down. So shifting towards on-the-court talk, I wanted to – gauge where you're at um a team from the east and a team from the west who's like a surprise team you could see making a run after all this time off and getting back together in orlando um i'll start off from the east i think the 76ers have a chance to maybe surprise some people because you know Embiid has just battled health issues with injury and honestly some some uh fatigue issues recently if he's been getting in shape during this uh, the last three months and Ben Simmons has been getting healthy, I, I think they could be a team to watch out for in the East. That's what I was going to say because, you know, it, 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 in the past years, we've said that when it comes to the end of the season, Embiid looks like a drunken giraffe, a drunken, drunken mm-hmm. baby giraffe, and he, his fatigue just goes. You're absolutely right. And, like, this is the same thing, like, on the West. That's why I think L.A. is going to be that powerhouse because LeBron over the past few years, you know, he's getting older. He mm-hmm. put, he puts his, he puts every, his head down and he goes all season. And when he hits the end of the season, he hits the playoff, he kind of gasses out. Well, now he's had three months off. Now he's let his body kind of heal, kind of recoup. So I personally think that that dude and the L.A. Lakers are going to win this championship this year. And they're just going to go on a tear because his body is back to the beginning of the season. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I think I think it's going to be Lakers and Milwaukee. But I think uh, the 76ers are, could be a surprise team. Seeing that you're right, Joel Embiid has gotten his breath back a little bit, has gotten his body to kind of heal mm-hmm. up a little bit, has been working out, you know, worked on his fatigue. So I think they'd be surprised too, but I, I got to go with the two powerhouses. I got to go with Mo Giannis against I, LeBron, dude. And I think LeBron is, you know, he's he, that, that dude's, um, you know, a species uh, amongst his, you know, all these guys. He's different. He's a, he's a step above, you know, anybody in the NBA, even pushing age 40. You know what I'm saying? I can't, so, I can't disagree. Yeah. I think it will be Lakers and Bucks in the end. Um, but, you know, I'll always want to push this team. One superstar that I heard has just been putting in work in the gym and has been seen on camera a couple times and looks to be in the best shape of his life is Nikola Jokic. Hey, my dude. I don't I don't think the Nuggets will advance super far because I think they are a team that kind of was a little bit more reliant on home court advantage because, you know, playing in Denver with the altitude, it has a different effect on road teams than the team that's played there all year. Right. But – if if Jokic is 
kind of toned up and more chiseled because he's he's been doing what he's been doing kind of not overweight like that would be unfair to say but kind of sluggish and out of the best of shape right so if you're absolutely right if he's now got a body like lebron in terms of like shape that could that could be different for for denver um i also wanted to bring up boston you know i talk about gordon hayward having health issues uh Kemba Walker I think he was playing well with Jason Tatum um they could be a team to challenge uh the Bucks yeah that's true and, and plus you know we, we can't take Toronto off the table we can't no, take sir. Siakam and those guys off the table you know what I'm saying Van Fleet Ibaka we can't take those guys off the table because they have been playing they were playing damn good this whole season yeah, they got so, they got OG Ananobi this year who they didn't have in the playoffs last year and like I said, I think Nick Nurse might be the best coach in the NBA in terms of drawing up situational plays. Right. So, yeah, man, I'm 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 very excited. I hope the bubble works works for basketball because I think you're right. It, it, it's it, it's a good test. It's a good um, you know model for how these other proteins can move forward. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And even though we're looking at man, you know, my my dad's a big soccer head, right? He's yeah. watching. He's watching the Bundesliga. The Premier League's coming on. They're not in the bubble. They don't have anybody in the stands, right? But they're pumping in like they're piping in like stand sound. You know, like 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 uh like the, if the crowd was there, they're they're piping in that music. They're pumping it in there. So if yeah. you're watching it on TV, you kind of don't know unless they kind of like, you know, they kind of like, you know, zoom snap back. But really, they're not even doing it that much to where you you're seeing the stands so you're thinking like you're watching it and it actually feels and it sounds like you're watching a, a game that's in a stadium full of people which is not right. you know what i'm saying might, so the illusion of it you just might not see as many like wide shots of the stadium right right yeah. and it's just the illusion of it and i was like it's, it's not that bad if you know if if if, if our american for american sports can do that I, I think we'll be be okay and plus even if not People are dying to watch sports right now. They need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> the great Russell right. Crowe and Gladiator. No, no, I'm not, Russell. I need some entertainment. So, right. If these games do happen, I'm excited to see um, all the young, talented stars in the West because as it's later right now, the Rockets and – or I'm sorry, the Mavericks and the Grizzlies – would fill out those last two playoff spots. And then you look just behind them uh, in the 10th spot is the Pelicans. Obviously, everybody knows Zion Williamson on that team, but Donka, uh, Luka Donkish is on the Mavericks. The Grizzlies, they got John Morant and my boy John Jaron Morant. Jackson Jr. Yes, sir. I'm, I, really, I really hope somehow all three of those teams get in, but it looks likely at least two of them will. Um I would I would be psyched to see, you know, the Grizzlies and the Mavericks uh, see what those teams can do because they got some young superstars in there. Yes, most definitely. And, you know, you, know you, you start seeing these young guys stepping up and being superstars quicker than, you know, we've, we start seeing these young – we grew up seeing young guys come in the league and excel through it. You know what I'm saying? You can p- pick a few, uh, Garnett, Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays I feel like – you got dudes like Tyler Hero that are coming in the league and playing damn good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
yeah, dude, like like these young cats are are are, are progressively getting better and they're getting better quicker. You know what I'm saying? So right, just look at look at the players who are either in their rookie year or their second year. You just look at Trey Young, Luka Doncic, uh, Jaron Jackson in their second years, John Morant, Zion. You mentioned Tyler Hero in their first years. It's crazy how many right. Um, and then what's that one dude, Kendrick Nunn, right down there yeah, for Kendrick Miami Nunn too? Played played a, a couple of years at Oakland. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, wow! It's like Jesus! Like, where are these cats coming from? And it just goes back to Joe, like we've always said. And to me, basketball is the universal game. You know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. It, soccer will never be touched. You know what I'm saying? But basketball is a close second. It's a universal game. There's pockets of talent everywhere in this world. Everywhere in this world, I think more than any other sport besides soccer. You know, universally on uh, you know worldwide. So. It, 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 it's surprising because I didn't grow up uh, seeing that, but now watching it, dude, I, just, I, I love seeing all these young cats from all walks of life. You know, the NBA without borders probably the, one of the best things to happen, you know, sports wise around the world, in my opinion. Definitely. And it's in this, in this brought, brought kids. You know, dude, I've, I've, I've watched videos where Filipino kids are taking on Steph, Steph Curry and like, you know what I'm saying? And like <laughs> blocking him or shooting in his face. It's like there's pockets everywhere, dude. And it's a beautiful thing. I think basketball is gonna is a universal sport right behind soccer. Gotta say it again, but I just you know it's it's basketball, man. It's right. just these kids are. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch basketball nowadays. It you just gotta really watch is. out for the darkos. You just gotta watch out for the darkos. But then again, but, whenever you saw him come in, you knew the business won, baby. <laughs> you knew the business were gonna win. Dude, yeah, that's. One of the games I went and rewatched uh, that's that got a rebroadcast was the game five of the 04 finals because I was a kid when those games happened, so I don't remember them too much. And I know the Pistons won pretty handily, like each game, like everybody calls it the five game sweep. I just didn't realize like how easily the Pistons won that series. Like I watched game five and it seemed like for the whole fourth quarter, the Pistons were just toying with them. Like it was only a question if they were going to win by 20 or 30. Right, because I really do think too. Back in the '04 series, is that the whole the whole thing is like Shaq's gonna get his. Yeah. Shaq's gonna get his no matter what. We have to stop Kobe. We have to stop Kobe. And Rip did one of the most phenomenal jobs on Kobe. There was dude. He 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 irked him. He you know he he pissed him off. And then you got Tayshawn with his long arms. You know switched up on him. So it's like it, that was just. Great phenomenal defense on Kobe, dude. Yeah, phenomenal. Great coaching you know? by Larry Brown. Um, Brown, right? Like they said, uh, before ga- in the first four games of that series, no other Laker had scored in double digits aside from Shaq and Kobe for the whole four games. Right. And so. um, yeah, Larry Brown doesn't get enough credit because he he did uh, get to the 0-1 finals with Iverson and Dikembe. I believe Eric Snow was on that team as well. And they, they won game one, which was a crazy upset, but then all the other games were taken by Los Angeles. So I know there's a little bit of backstory there. I'm a big Iverson fan, so I always yes. knew Larry Brown got to those 0-1 finals. But hopefully yeah. this season happens. And, um, yeah, it would be great to see some of those young up-and-comers uh, take the league by storm. But I'm, I'm with you. I think Lakers and Bucks will be the move. I would say watch out for the Clippers just because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard – haven't had a whole bunch of time together 
you know, that could be like the same factor for them as LeBron. You know, if they've had some time to get in the gym, possibly work out together, if they've had an opportunity to do that, um, you know, and obviously, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who was already there, the defensive guy. I'm drawing a Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly. Thank you. Um, obviously, if, if you can roll out those front, those three healthily, if you can roll out those three in healthy positions, um, that defense is going to be off the charts. And if you got Lou Williams coming off the bench and stroking Lou it, Williams. so that's true. That's true too. It's like it's like, and then if you put it, you put it like that, Joe. Well, maybe the whole NBA has three three months to prepare for you know this right. last little bit. So, hey man, who knows? Who knows what can happen? You know what I'm saying? Right. Is this kind of like maybe there are some players who did not ma- maximize their time and thought they just weren't going to be coming back this season? You know, right. maybe we see some guys out there not in great shape. Right. No. Absolutely. You know. I just, you know, it's almost like a March Madness feel, the little end of this NBA, you know, run, you know what I'm saying? So I think we will see, like, who is committed to their craft among all of these players and who just kind of, like, views it as their job, you know? Because I think the ones who are committed to their craft and their game and their legacy, those are the players you're going to see come back and be in tip-top shape, like Nikola Jokic, like LeBron James, or... I don't know who, but maybe there are some players who just view it as, as a job and uh, we're not prepared for the, the game to come back and maybe maybe uh, spend a little too much time on the couch and are not uh, quite in game shape. Right, right. Absolutely. Most definitely. But I won't blame them because that's what I've been doing. So. Right. I, I, hey, man, their, their gyms haven't been open. I'm chopping at the bit to get back in the gym, but yeah, I'm, dude, I've been doing the same thing, man. I'm so thankful I have a hoop in my driveway. I've been hooping uh, as often as I can. Nice. Yeah. Um, Not a whole lot of news in the entertainment world, so there hasn't been a whole lot for us to get to. But you sent me a very interesting link today that really made my ears perk up, and I thought it was a perfect way to wrap up this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I sent you the link of... Them leaving out Kylo Ren, Ben Solo's backstory, his childhood. You know, he couldn't have just turned dark just from his uncle trying to kill him. Was that the straw that broke Camel's back? And um, I don't think it was. You know, according to Driver, Driver kind of created his backstory for Kylo. um, And he kind of went with it. But you know, to fuel his character, you know, on scene. But he also wanted there to be a backstory so people knew why he kind of went to the, you know, dark dark side or why he kind of turned bad. And they left it out, which I, uh, it's it's whatever. I would have loved to see it because, you know, how you said to me, you know, Han and Leia are portrayed as these infallible, you know, heroes that like never did anything wrong right the untouchable heroes that never did anything wrong but then again their their child went to the dark side so were they really such great parents or were they drunk were they drunk with you know trying to be heroes trying to save the world that they that they let their kid become one of their worst enemies and you know what i'm saying i like the trilogy on the surface but i will the biggest criticism I'll give to it is once you get past like the surface story, there's not a whole lot of depth to the trilogy. 
you know, and that would have added some depth. Like, it, it's just pretty simplistic to say, yeah, Kylo Ren turned to the dark side because Luke Skywalker saw something dark in him and was going to kill him, and there was just a misunderstanding. It makes much more sense for there to be, like, some emotional trauma deeper than just being confused and possibly attacked by your, by Luke Skywalker, you know? Right, right. I mean, like, I remember I was a kid, dude, and my dad's brother smacked me, right? And, like, I didn't turn to the dark side. <laughs> I went to my mom and was like, look, me. my mom was like, oh, that's my effing kid again. This <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, I feel like, you know, after I read that, it's like Kylo couldn't go to his parents. Like, you know what I'm saying? If my uncle tried to kill me, I'm going to go yeah. to my mom and be like, mom, your brother tried to kill me. You know, dad, your brother-in-law tried to kill me. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. Why is, why are you trying to kill me? Why couldn't he go to his parents? Right. Why do you automatically think <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to go to the dark side and create the Knights of Ren and this and that. So it's like, if you think about it from Adam driver's fucking uh, mind, 100%. He he drops some hints Something, here and there like in the right. in the very first one the force awakens he's he's like accessing Rey's mind with the force and he talks about how she views Han Solo as a, a father figure and he says trust me she, he would have disappointed you you know like build on that type of stuff and Adam Driver he seems like that type of actor that would bring more to the character than what was just on the script like that's what Carrie Fisher did for Princess Leia in the original trilogy. She brought more to the character than what was just on the script. Right. No, no, I, I agree with you one hundred ten percent. Adam Driver is that kind of, you know, actor. He's already gotten, he's he's already gotten Academy nods. He's already gotten uh, awards. So it's like, yes, he's going to be that method actor. That's why he created his backstory. It, it, he said it helped him drive him to be Kylo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, he 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 kind of made himself upset with his hypothetical parents and it kind of drove his acting. And then, you know, after I read this, I'm thinking, you know, it, it brings me back to when, when, uh, sorry, if this is a spoiler alert, Kylo kills Han, oh. you know what I'm saying? And I was so <laughs> upset when he did that. Now I read that and be like, what if he was just like, really like you were just a shitty dad, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I don't, if, I don't know what that family tiff is about. If know? that was like revealed to us later in the second or third film, if that would have changed our perspective on those, those events transpiring. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think 100% it would have, I really think it would have. So it's, it's a shame that they left it out. I would like to see it, but it's cool that they, that, you know, it was there. You get what I'm saying? That Yeah, it adds something for me, because like I said, there's not a whole lot of depth to that trilogy. I don't think there was a lot of character development from movie one to movie three, you know, like, right. they're good movies. I think it's a fine trilogy. But once you get past the surface, it's kind of stale to me. I think that would have added a little bit of a twist, a little bit of flavor and like depth. story to it. Yeah, depth. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. I thought I, th I read it a few days ago and I kept it, you know, open in my browser because I was trying to find other, you know, non-sports topics. I'm like, yeah. you know, I got this one. I was like, let me throw this one last to Joe because I think he's going to like this one better. Because better. So did I, man. In sports and entertainment alike, there's nothing that people can really relate to more than the fallen hero, the 
the hero that's kind of past this, their prime and kind of makes mistakes trying to chase that. And if we saw that in Leia and Han, you know, post post, you know, taking down the empire and helping save the galaxy, if they were still like chasing that and not really focusing on being a parent and in that way they were failed heroes, you know, the fallen the fallen like god almost like it would right. it would have totally added something yeah because yeah, i i agree i agree with you 100 percent. i definitely feel like from the last jedi and um rise of skywalker like leia was just like she could do no wrong in anybody's eyes like it was just like oh don't question anything leia does like as long as leia's behind it it's all good you know and i was just kind of like bothered by it. I, it, it that did bother me a little bit right and and especially with like with Darth Vader, we saw Darth Vader from 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 child to death as an old man, and the, everything in between. You know what I'm saying? We, you have extensive background on Darth. You know what I'm saying? Anakin. You know it would have been nice to see other people's backgrounds. You know, even even um even Finn's background. You know, yeah. you know what happened they totally with him. Built off of Finn, right? The, and, you know the, uh, the flaw that that series had, the last trilogy. They just like kept adding these side characters, and then not building on those characters at all like they added rose and um you know uh the stuttering guy in the second one i forget his name but he's played by guillermo del toro they just kind of threw them in and then guillermo del toro wasn't involved at all rose was barely involved in the third one in the third one you see like dominic monahan you see uh the the other lady who was like a like finn who had she and a bunch of other stormtroopers kind of broke away from the pack and formed right, thing. Right. Like right. This would be great if you could like delve into these characters a little bit, but it seems like they were just kind of like shoveling more coal into the fire. They weren't really like trying to build on that. Right, right. And and also that too is that you know that's 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 episode nine, right? Yeah. What comes after episode what comes after episode nine? Like what like what what entertainment the, comes after episode nine? The Mandalorian. So they can I, I feel like they can also maybe bring these bring these guys into the fold into the Mandalorian. Yeah. Too. Like, you know, so they introduced Poe Dameron in The Force Awakens. The only thing I know now about Poe Dameron that I didn't know in episode seven was that he was a spice runner before he was, you know, part of the Rebel Alliance. Like Right, right. And you know what's crazy too? It's like you watch the Star Wars Rebels, we always yeah. say in, in between one, two, and three, and four, five, and six, and in between four, five, and six, and seven, eight, nine, there's gaps, dude, where they can, they can make these, they can make, so they can make these shows, right? Like they do the Mandalorian, right? Can they bring in these, these characters into the fold and, and, and let us know their backstory too? That, right. that might be something that's on the plate as well. But, you know, with, with, with Kylo dying, uh, they could have told a story. They could have yeah. told a story. That's kind you know of what I'm saying. I, so. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to say. Like, you got all these like nice characters, but you don't really build on them too much in in that series. Like, it, it's not just Kylo Ren, even though this. Just seeing this article from IndieWire, it's if you just look it up, IndieWire, you know, Adam Driver planned a backstory for Kylo Ren that never made it into the films. That's that's pretty much the title. Um, it's not just Kylo Ren. Like you mentioned, it Finn, uh, Poe Dameron. I, I don't even know the name of the the lady in the last film who was a former stormtrooper but like you got these pretty solid characters and dominic monahan just showed up in the last one and, and played a little bit of a part like you got these characters that could have been built on like i i would have i would liken it to uh general grievous just kind of like being thrown into the third one 
obviously they built on his character with the the Clone Wars series, but you right, know, right. If you just right. watch the they, movies, you know, General Grievous is just kind of like tossed in and tossed out within half a movie. Right. And there's there's also a which I'm trying to find, right? And I can't find it. I think I gotta I don't want to buy it. It's like a hundred dollars for the for the both seasons, but they did a Star Wars clone cartoon that wasn't on Disney. It was separate from the from the Clone Wars one. It would happen like in 2002, 2003, and it was on Cartoon Network. Oh, the Samurai Jack one. Yeah, it looked exactly. It looked like Samurai Jack yeah. kind of cartoon. And I, they and I was what I was watching um this thing about Mace Windu and how Mace Windu was like <laughs> was like of the badass Jedi because he, he he knew where he stood. He knew he stood as a good Jedi, but he still used stuff from the dark side, like the Force Crush. Like that's a dark side move. And I found out that. Um, he force crushed Grievous, and that's why Grievous has that cough. Yeah, <laughs> he so the, caused that cough by force crushing Grievous. Those were like two DVDs that came out. I think it was like '03 or '04. I had one of them, and then one of my friends had the other one. Um, it was like a two-part DVD series. I think there were only like two episodes, but they were both like forty-five minutes to an hour long. And yeah, you're right. Like that's something that you don't see in the Empire. In a, not the Empire Strikes Back. In a Revenge of the Sith. And um, yeah, I was kind of hoping that one would be on Disney Plus. I know the full TV show, The Clone Wars, like picked up more steam than that one. But that one was kind of like a fun little just like cartoon. Little side thing, together. right. And it was on Cartoon Network. So I'm, and I'm, I'm going on Cartoon Network and see if they have it in their like uh, archives. I can't find it. Then I go on Amazon. They're like, yeah, buy the two DVDs for like 100. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm see them. I'm going to find them later. They're I'm not fun, gonna pay but they're not worth $100. <laughs> like, right. I think right. I had so the like, first DVD laying around somewhere. Maybe I'll be able to find it and like ship it to you. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, because like when I found out that that's why Grievous has his cough, I'm like, oh, little stuff like that. You're like, awesome. Awesome. Right. Awesome little nuances like that. Details like that just bring like everything full circle to me. You know what I'm saying? So like this, the, the whole miss on Kylo and like now that you think about it, it's like his uncle tried to kill him. Yeah. But like, why was he pissed off his mom and his dad? Right. They did not believe him. You know, were they never there for him? So he's like, you know, screw this. I'm on my own. You know, it's, it, it would have been cool to have that kind of detail, little yeah. nuances. So we, there, there were so, times I felt like the trilogy was kind of like making it up as they go along. They didn't have like an overall master plan for the whole series, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. But you know, hindsight, hindsight's always going to be 2020. No, always going to be twenty twenty. But um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I'm 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 looking forward to see what they do with Disney Plus because the Mandalorian, you know, hands down was probably one of the best was great. things to happen to Star Wars. You know, what I'm saying, John Favreau, hands off, hats off to you for making you know me feel more like a kid when I watched Star Wars. Loved it. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to stop there. And I hope you know the characters that we want to hear more about, like. Like, like if they do an episode on the Mandalorian, if they go to the, you know, the, you know, they run into Spice Runners, and all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> Poe Dameron has a has a scene in like or 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 a part in one of the episodes, you're like, oh, okay, cool, you know, what I'm saying that just comes full yeah. circle. So I, I I I think that I hope they're gonna do that because I've been hearing a lot, you know, I you, you know the Mandalorian ended with the dark saber, you know, Sabine Wren 
had a dark saber. She took off with Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka say they're saying that Ahsoka's idiot casted by uh to be in Mandalorian played by uh Rosario Dawson. Does that mean they're gonna bring Sabine Rem and because she's a Mandalorian as well? And she even said, you know, saying you know when they gave her the dark saber in the in the in the cartoon was and this is I was watching the other day and they gave her the dark saber. She's they're like. Well, you know, the person who holds this is going to be a leader. You want to be a leader. She's like, I don't think I can be a leader, but I'm going to find him. So is that going to come <laughs> full circle? And is my man, the Mandalorian, going to be the leader of Mandalore later on? And is Sabine going to come and, you know, you know, let him know that I, you're the one we're looking for to be the leader of Mandalore? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's very open-ended when she's like, yeah, are you going to lead your Mandalorians? No, I don't think I can, but I'm going to find somebody who can. You know what I'm saying? All, Are you foreshadowing something? Consist- yeah. So, Always good to get the conspiracy theories out there and get them. Started abs- absolutely, also. absolutely. Because if you're, if you're, you know, if you're right about it, you know, oh god, it hit gold. If you're wrong, be like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of theories out there. Yeah, it happens. Man. Miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Absolutely. That's what happens. That's what happens. All right, man. Well, this has been solid. I'm glad we were able to get together and do this, and uh, hope everybody on your end stays safe and. Hopefully, we'll be seeing some sports uh, within the next couple of months. The same to you, Joe. Hope your family and friends are all good. It's wonderful hearing your lovely voice. I missed it. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> now that every now this is a little slice of uh, normality for me to do a, a podcast with you. You know, I haven't recorded anything, even even gone for the uh, talking shoot. We're you're two weeks away from going back to the studio. You know what I'm saying? So exciting, exciting. But yeah. This has been, you know, an awesome episode of Beards for Radio. Hopefully we get to get out of the bubble soon. Hopefully. I don't want to be like John Travolta, boy in the bubble over here. <laughs> but yeah. Like the bubble boy from Seinfeld. Yeah, or uh, oh, remember that movie, yeah. boy in the bubble. Oh my God, bubble boy, whatever. But yeah, this has been fucking awesome, Joe. Um, good seeing you, good hearing from you, good talking with you. And, um, you Lovely know, to hear your I'm voice Sasha. Well, man. And I'm Joe. <laughs> yeah, so, Thanks for listening to the Beards for Radio podcast. Later, guys. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar Fashion. Visit far-ebar.com to check out a lineup of products such as shirts, hoodies, bags, lots of different accessory type products. Again, that website is far-ebar.com. Check it out. Thank you.